At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Support for WABE comes from Capital Good Fund, introducing Georgia Bright Solar Lease Program, a new rooftop solar initiative designed to create pathways to equitable and inclusive solar, sustainability, and monthly savings for Georgians. Learn more at georgiabright.org. For Thursday, December the 30th, 2021, it's The Brief from WABE. I'm Jim Burris. The state of Georgia recorded more than 25,000 new COVID cases today. Another record as Omicron continues its rapid rise across the state and in metro Atlanta. Now, that number does not include home tests. COVID hospitalizations statewide are at more than 2,800. Now, that is still below 6,000, which was the highest recorded number in Georgia during the pandemic so far. State officials say two oral antiviral COVID treatments are now available at select retail pharmacies in Georgia. Well, Fulton County's hospitals are in crisis mode, according to county health officials. Blame Omicron, which filled a record 100 beds in just one night. Fulton County Health Director Dr. Lynn Paxton told Board of Health Commissioners and mayors today that the situation is critical. This is horrible. I'd say we are in crisis. We're putting emergency rooms on diversion. There are a lack of beds. There are um, pre-planned surgeries that are put off because they don't have the staff to do this. I, I would say we are in crisis, not when will we get there. We're there now. Officials say the situation could worsen after the new year. Local hospitals have already asked the state for assistance to help fill critical staffing needs. Governor Kemp yesterday committed $100 million to address the shortage, and that will provide pay for 1,000 nurses for some 13 weeks. All this as six major hospital systems in Metro Atlanta are asking for the public's help in dealing with the latest surge of COVID-19 cases. WABE's Christopher Alston has more. The hospitals issued a joint statement urging people to save emergency room visits for critical health care needs. They say they've collectively experienced an increase in COVID-19 hospitalizations of up to 200 percent, mostly among the unvaccinated. At the same time, hospitals are preparing for an influx of flu patients. They're also seeing high numbers of patients just for COVID testing and are urging people to use primary care locations, mass testing sites or at-home testing kits instead. Officials say the public can also help take the strain off health workers by only using 911 in emergency situations. And at the top of their list of recommendations, get fully vaccinated for COVID-19 and the flu, too. Christopher Alston, WABE News. The weather is affecting COVID testing sites in Metro Atlanta as much of the procedure is done outdoors in tents so folks don't have to get out of their cars. Fulton County health officials say their sites will stay open during inclement weather unless there's lightning or a weather warning. In those cases, the sites will close temporarily. Also, don't look for the long lines at those testing locations to disappear very quickly. Health officials say they've diverted every possible staff member to testing, but shortages do remain. The state of Georgia is working on a new mega testing site that will be by the airport, which officials say could help in the coming weeks. The Atlanta Bay Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says schools can use what it is calling a test-and-stay strategy for staff and students who are exposed to COVID-19. 
The updated CDC guidance comes as infections around the country are spiking. Dr. Danny Benjamin of Duke University has researched tests to stay and says it could cut down on the amount of time spent in quarantine. If students are in a universal masking district and they have a brief period of time when they are unmasked, for example, lunch, now if they are exposed to COVID, they can stay at school. Benjamin says exposed staff and students would need to be asymptomatic, test negative for COVID, and continue to wear masks in order to stay at school. Quarantine policies across Metro Atlanta vary by school district. Within minutes of Governor Brian Kemp signing into law today new districts for the state House and Senate as well as U.S. Congress, a federal lawsuit was filed to halt the changes from taking effect. In November, Georgia's Republican-controlled legislature drafted the new boundaries which favor their party. The ACLU of Georgia, on behalf of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, the 6th District AME Church, and an unnamed voter quickly filed a lawsuit in response. It claims the changes violate the 1965 Voting Rights Act. They have asked the court to block that law immediately. Hall County won't be required to provide Spanish-language ballots for at least five years because the latest census data don't meet the federal threshold. That's despite Hall having the third-largest Hispanic population in the state at around 28 percent. Connor Evans is a reporter with the Gainesville Times. Our elections director, Lori Wirtz, did say that she expected the opposite here. She really expected that Hall County would be obligated this time around and She told me that when they are tapped to do this, they're ready for it. The federal criteria mandating Spanish language ballots requires at least 5% of the county's voting age population lack sufficient English fluency. Evans says the data used to determine that level of fluency isn't publicly available. Community organizers have called on the county's board of commissions to voluntarily provide Spanish ballots, but commissioners have expressed concern about what that would cost. All right, well, this is a story about something very small that is important for the health of Georgia's rivers. As adults, mussels clean water by filtering bacteria and algae. But first, they're microscopic. As we revisit some of our stories from this year, we get this from WABE environment reporter Molly Samuel. Here's something Georgians can be proud of. This is a hotbed of biodiversity, not just nationally, but globally. Pete Hazelton is an ecologist at UGA. It's partially because there are so many rivers here. A lot of mussel species are threatened or endangered because of loss of habitat and pollution. So he's studying mussels' microscopic early lives. When they're young, they hitch themselves to fish. They're about a quarter of a millimeter when they're on the fish. He wants to learn which kinds of mussels attach to what kinds of fish by working with students at Albany State University, like Faria Mahamad. She's working at a row of stacked fish tanks with fish caught wild from the Flint River. This one is a bluegill, spotted sunfish. This is a black banded darter. Over time, the nearly invisible mussels fall off the fish in the tank. And then the filter will take them in. And the Albany State students can collect them. Daisha Yancey examines one under a microscope. It's round and kind of looks like two burger buns. It actually looks like a hamburger <laughs> with a patty sticking out, honestly. Even with the microscope, the mussels are too small to ID. They have to get sent for genetic analysis. The Albany State students work in an aquarium in Albany, right in public. 
Yancey says one little girl wanted a picture taken with her. Some people were like, oh my gosh, you're a scientist. So this project, in addition to being about learning more about young muscles, is also about inspiring young people to care about them. Molly Samuel, WABE News. Football fans at the University of Georgia are among the biggest complainers in college sports. That's not me. That's according to a new survey. But as Alex Helmick reports, UGA fans are in good company. Georgia fans rank 16th overall as the top complainers in college football. That's from a tongue-in-cheek and not-so-scientific survey from bookies.com, a site that chronicles sports betting around the country. The survey cites victim mentality as the top issue with dog fans. As usual, Alabama tops Georgia in the rankings. Tide fans come in as the top complainers in the sport. This list is made up of the biggest and most prestigious football powers in the country, with some exceptions, looking at you, number nine, Duke. Meantime, Georgia fans hope to have a lot less to complain about tomorrow night when the team takes on Michigan to see who advances to the college football championship game. Alex Helmick, WAB News. Well, no complaints tonight. That is it for The Brief. You can find more local news on our website at wabe.org. Lily Oppenheimer produced today's program. Our editor was Susanna Capilouto. I'm Jim Burris. Thanks for listening and Happy New Year. Ever wondered where to find the best dumplings in town? Curious about Atlanta's obsession with lemon pepper? Join us on Savory Stories, a new podcast as we uncover the untold tales behind Atlanta's culinary scene. From the roots of your favorite dishes to the creators that bring them to life, we're diving deep into the heart of the city's food culture. Listen to Savory Stories at wabe.org slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E. Sounds Like ATL is a music documentary series that takes an in-depth look at the artists amplifying Atlanta's famed music community. Built around a desire to highlight Atlanta's diverse and world-renowned music scene, each episode features unforgettable, intimate musical performances by fresh new musical guests, each with exclusive interviews about the stories behind their music. Listen to Sounds Like ATL Saturday evenings at 7 on WABE and WABE.org.